Hey guys, and welcome back to Group Therapy. I'm one of your hosts, licensed clinical social worker, Kristen Gingrich. And I'm licensed psychologist, Dr. Kristen Casey. I'm licensed psychologist, Dr. Jessica Rabin. And I'm licensed psychologist, Dr. J. This week, we are talking all about mental health and therapy in movies and TV, which we all Mm. know there's the good, the bad, the ugly, and the really, really bad. Mm. So settle in, take a seat, and welcome to Group Therapy. Last week, we talked all about the really hard but really important topic about suicide. Um, I really hope everybody who listened really enjoyed the episode and took something away from it. Um, I felt, I don't know if you guys agree, I felt like it was a really good balance of transparency and being like talking about it really healthily and just just putting those things out there that sometimes are really, really hard to talk about in a safe manner. Mm-hmm. But we did leave you guys with a reflection question. And that reflection question was, what are some things in your life worth living for? And there were some amazing responses. So I'm going to go through a couple of them. Someone said summer bonfires. We love a good bonfire. (gasps) Guys, I'm going to share it for the people who are... Oh, I can't see the thing. I'm going to share that someone shared a photo of a cow. Oh, my heart. Oh my god. I love it. So cute. Um, someone said my kids, my parents, my family, being outside. Um, mm. someone said my niece and her big smile when she runs to give me a hug. Someone said say deep dish pizza. I do love me some deep dish pizza. It's just good. Yeah. No? Not a fan right. personally, but really I mean pizza's pizza. I love pizza. Sure, 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 sure. This will be right up Justin's alley, Kristen's alley. Plants, they're plants. Oh, that one right. Garlic cheese bread and a hot chai latte. Oh, a hot chai latte sounds amazing right now. I do love a chai. Halloween and all things fall. The smell of except candy corn. Except candy corn. Fuck that shit. Wow. Uh, you guys are being coming in hot tonight. Jeez. Super hot. (laughs) And then a couple people did say. The Welcome to Group Therapy podcast. Let's Let's do it. But as always, thank you guys for your responses. Mm. But Mm. this week, we are talking all about mental health and therapy and so in media and movies. So first question off the bat is, what is your favorite movie that shows mental health or therapy? Mine is Inside Out. Love me some Inside Out. That's that's a really good one. I love Silver Linings Playbook. Mm. It's one of my favorites. My, I think I've shown this on the podcast. My water bottle has a quote from it. I can't read it because it's silver, but it's funny. Or, yeah, it's there. I love it. If I had to really think, A Beautiful Mind is one of my favorite movies. I do have mm-hmm. some issues with it, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I really, really enjoy like the plot and all that stuff. Mm. It does feel like there's almost nothing that exists without like some issues, but yeah, absolutely. mine is the same way. Mine's Goodwill Hunting. And it's, it's got more than a movie. few issues though. Yeah. I I personally feel like there's just no way because you if you show, for example, Silver Linings playbook and you so, show as we'll dive into it, right? A side of bipolar. There's gonna be mm-hmm. a group of people who say that is misrepresentation of bipolar because it's not their experience. Now, there are very clear, you know, things that are very misrepresented or stereotyped for sure. But I always find that sometimes too, like when I watch movies, I always have to also take a step back and say, is this also different from maybe what my experience might be too? Yeah. 
Mm. Mm. And then I think like the people who are creating and producing movies, like we can't really fault them either, right? Because they're not therapists. Maybe they are. Who knows? Mm-hmm. You know, or maybe they um, talk with other therapists. But I do think like not everybody knows like what goes on inside the therapy room either. You know, unless mm-hmm. you're a therapist or a client or like you're involved in mental health. So I even think you know to produce a film. And put all that out there. There's so many nuances just in each therapy session. And Kristen, just Mm -hmm. like you said, too, everybody takes these things differently. Yeah, it kind of makes me feel like it depends on the movie or show you're watching. Because just like we watch other things that you're like, that's not how that would be. That's not how you run a restaurant in real life. You know what I mean? Like, depending on the movie or TV show... It's like supposed to be fantastical or like mm-hmm. overly dramatic or overly comedic. But I think for a long time, like therapy didn't have that many representations to pull from. And now it feels like there's a ton, like there's a lot yeah. more. And it starts to make me wonder, like, in what medium is like therapy being best represented? Or maybe mm-hmm. we're going to dissect some films and TV that's like real popular. We'll talk about in each one, what's good, what's bad, and what's like, not good. I personally feel that like, as time has gone on, so less of a medium, but like more recent films and TV shows overall have more accurate representations. I agree with everything that you all have said Mm -hmm. that like, nothing is going to be 100% because at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. it is for entertainment purposes only. But, and I think I brought this up on this podcast before, but you know, a million little things is one of my favorite TV shows. So mm. Maggie and a million little things is a psychologist. She's very ethical. Um, it talks about men's mental health a lot, especially black men's mental health. And I feel like it does a very good job at portraying depression, suicidality, mm. and like also not just those like, I don't know, big symptoms we see, think of because i think movies that i can think of from like the 80s 90s take some of those stereotypical symptoms and really just like drive those home um Mm -hmm. so i don't know if there's like a better medium or more it's more recent films and tv shows documentaries do a better job of being more accurate that's that's what i love about tv shows is i feel with tv shows that separates them maybe a little bit different than movies is TV shows happen usually one hour episodes, 20 episodes. So that's 20 hours that you kind of get to dissect. So for example, yeah. like you were talking mm-hmm. about a million little things, right? You know, you saw Rome going and making his movie and doing day to day and, but also really, really struggling with that and talking about that in that show. Also, mm-hmm. Just side note, guys, there's probably going to be spoilers in this entire episode. Yeah, so yeah, sorry you're about it. Get, get a few spoilers. Sorry yeah. about it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, in a movie like, you know, Silver Linings Playbook, you have an hour, you have two hours that you're mm-hmm. trying to maybe get a point across. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times you're missing so much nuance and you're not seeing some of those smaller aspects. And again, like you said, Jess, it's entertainment value. Like it is sensationalized a lot of the time to make you keep watching. Totally. And I, I, yeah, Silver Linings Playbook for me is an example where so many things I thought were really well done. And then things were like, never, never. (laughs) Where it's like the representation of bipolar 
I really thought was great. Yeah. Like I thought Bradley Cooper did a great job. It was very believable to me. It didn't feel overdone. You also get to hear his backstory and more like, like they would be a real client. Like as mm-hmm. a therapist, you're like collecting yeah. info about him, the things he cares about, his interests, mm-hmm. not just he suffers from mania off and on and, you know, got in trouble with the law. Like that's of mm-hmm. course not even, it's just part of his story. It's not the whole story. But the bad in that is when he sees the therapist at the Eagles tailgate and the therapist is looks at him and goes, I'm not your therapist today. I'm a fellow yes. Eagles fan. No, that's Kate, no. Kate no. has clearly never seen Silver Lennings playbook by her face. Yeah. That sounds so wildly unethical. He <laughs> literally, literally says, I'm not your yeah. therapist. I'm just today. an Eagles fan. And they like party and rage and get in a fight. It's, I mean, a lot of things happen. But you're like, never ever would a therapist, if you saw a client, would be like, I'm not your therapist. Like, no. Under no scenario would you tell someone, I'm not your therapist in this moment. Mm -hmm. But, oh, God. Yeah. Justin, you bringing that up makes me reflect, like, some of the other, like, films and stuff I like. And I feel like a lot of films that I feel do well at, like, talking about mental health do a poor job of, like, the therapist role. Right. I mean, we can talk yeah. about Goodwill Hunting, but another one, I don't know if you all have seen this at all. Um, it's about eating disorders to the bone. It was a Netflix mm. movie that came out years ago. And I thought it did a phenomenal representation of different eating disorders, things like that. It was, mm. on the other hand, like it was very real. So it could have been really triggering. But the therapist was like so unhinged. And granted, they presented it as like he's not a typical therapist it's like you go to him when you've tried every other like intervention but i was like this man is yeah wildly unethical um and i mean i know justin you said goodwin hunting and i'd be interested to hear your thoughts but i don't know did when you were talking about that that kind of thought just came to mind you know oh they do good at mental health but not so good at the therapy aspect and i think that's Mm -hmm. a theme in general, I've found that therapy is still not well represented. In my, I have a thought about that, but I'd love to get y'all's thoughts before we dive into specifics. But I think therapy is super interesting, but it's not always super exciting. Yeah. And so when yeah. you're oh. doing a Hollywood movie and you're maybe showing 90 seconds, I mean, maybe a couple minutes of like therapy it's going to be so sensationalized where yeah. gosh, in like a 50 minute, 55 minute session, some of y'all run to the hour. Sometimes that's me, but like a lot of it is co- hearing a story, collecting info, mm-hmm. open-ended questions. Like it's not always challenge and yeah. some huge insight or snarky comment, but I feel like to keep people's attention, Therapy is often the thing that feels not even close to reality. Yeah. Well, and That's it, a really good and it point. also makes it look it also makes it look like um that every session is this profound right. session. When the reality oh, yeah. is is like you yeah. definitely can have profound moments, but not every session is this huge, profound, life-changing no. session. Um that I've definitely found that happening mm-hmm. but i i agree with you justin i think like you said like therapy is not exciting when you're looking at it for the full hour 
No. Um, and so they got to find a way to make it exciting somehow. Totally. I guess essentially they're trying to capture like the essence of like the high moments, you know, mm. in film. So that makes sense. And I, I'm, I'm just trying to think because I'm not like a big movie person, but when I think about the therapists that I know who are represented or the therapists, you know, that have been represented in movies that I've seen, I, I think they do a pretty good job of representing at least like most of the time I've seen therapists that are white. And that's kind of an accurate depiction of the field, even though I wish it wasn't, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then another thing too, is that the one thing that I think they get a little wrong is that it's always like this prim and proper like set and it's not like mm-hmm. therapists are just, mm-hmm. they look like us, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I just, I wondered too, if like, people watching these movies think that therapists are always kind of like buttoned up, you know, Mm -hmm. I I just wonder about that. The other thought that just came to mind, because Justin, I didn't think of it that way, but I I agree with your point. I also think in times where I've watched, and this is probably more TV show because KBI, that was a really good point that you made about like hours on end. When like a TV show has a therapist, do you ever notice like every single person that TV show has the same therapist? Like yeah. they're all like there's only like one therapist in the oh, entire town. That's it. Like that's it. And and so like even oh if God. the context of the therapy session is not necessarily uh, an inaccurate depiction, like the fact that you know characters A and B go to this therapist for couples, and then their kid is also seeing this therapist doing play therapy, and then their brother is also see- I'm like. Unless you, know. you live in a really rural town that nah. literally only has one therapist, which we know most movies are not set in rural, especially the ones showing therapists. But that was like another thought I just had. It's like, even if it's not necessarily a wrong depiction of a therapy session, there's usually like dual relationships mm. or something. Yeah. I think that was how it was in um, Wednesday, in the, in the new Wednesday movie on Netflix is like there was one therapist and like mm. Wednesday was going, her little boyfriend was going. Mm. Like I do think it was like the small town thing, mm. but like still issue. Um but I do agree, like there it always tends to be that one that one person. The one white prim and proper therapist that they ten highlighted. Be, and they're the bad guy. And they find turn out to be the bad guy. Yeah, we don't like that. Yeah. No, you know that casting director, executive producers, like, no, we casted therapist. We have therapist is over there. <laughs> what do you mean that there would be multiple therapists? We're lucky we put one in. Yeah, <laughs> like, we got budget for one thing. Yeah, so we got therapist right there. Yeah. But no, like unless it's like a school, like there's certain settings where I'm like, okay, it may make sense, but I'm with you. Yeah, there's mm. so many shows and TV that I'm thinking of. I'm like, yep, you're right. Everybody sees that one therapist, oh, which in the real world. So crazy. We all have different therapists. We all have yeah. like Mm-hmm. And that's the fun part. You're like, oh, and we go by our, the name of our therapist, but you're like, I'll never guess what Jasmine said to me this week. But that's the fun part in the real world is like mm-hmm. sharing the dynamic, which is very unique to your therapist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one question I had for you all, we've kind of talked about like, ah, there's good parts, bad parts, therapy. Like, can you all think of any like just really bad examples? Of mental health for therapy. Other than what about Bob? What about Bob? (laughs) What about Bob? (laughs) Oh God! Such poor boundaries in that movie. The worst boundaries I've ever seen in my entire life. But I think obviously we all know it was made to be lit. But like, it's so bad. But it was such a good movie. But not a good movie 
to talk about the therapeutic relationship. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Well, and I think that sometimes, like thinking about that, like you know, if the only experience you've ever had with like with a therapeutic relationship is like what's on TV, what's in the movies, like mm. you are either going in prim and proper, right? That's what you're mm-hmm. expecting, or you're thinking like your therapist is gonna sleep with you. Yeah, right. yeah. Also yeah. true. Why right. is yes. that a common storyline all the time? So played it's, out because our ethics are like don't have sex with clients and then movies and tv are like let's do that it's like let's sleep with yeah. there. What's <laughs> not what we're about you know right pump the brakes thank you yeah the one movie that i saw was split and i just mm. thought it was terrible i just thought it was absolutely terrible mm-hmm. but that's just personal opinion um oh, just yes. in the way that they depict the altars and um for those of you who don't know split is about um did i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. and uh yeah and i'm just I'm, i just think too about like everybody who has DID has such different experiences too. So how are you going to capture it all in one movie? I get it. Um, but it just felt so fantastical. And ju- just mm-hmm. to your point, I guess movies are supposed to be that way, you know? Um, but I was like cringing as I was watching it. I was like, Oh God, I don't know about that. There's a high risk when it's like, you don't have a lot of representation regarding any sort of difficulty or condition. And then you mm-hmm. come out with a movie on it and the person's, you know, a serial kidnapper. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think killer. I'm, I've only seen that movie once. It's been a while. Me but too. like yeah. kidnapping, like it's so again, it demonizes yeah, demonizes the condition. And Absolutely. again, we can know it's a movie, but there's a huge risk and cost to the mental health community when it's like yeah. we're not at that point when you can sort of like make movies about all kinds of things. I still feel like we're, it's like a sensitive part. If you're going to highlight a mental health condition and that person's like, for lack of a better word, like awful because they're mm-hmm. like kidnapping people, killing or whatever, that's a high cost. Like yeah. that's going to increase stigma across the board. Mm-hmm. Totally. I think another show that did that as well is, has anybody watched 13 Reasons Why? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. so i when that when i i read the book and when that came out as a show i was like ah oh, like this has potential to do really really well yeah mm. and i was so let down because yes there were things about it absolutely that you know didn't really like but i thought that it could really start a conversation mm-hmm. around suicide and depression and bullying and homophobia and like all of this stuff mm. And it was so sensationalized mm-hmm. that it took away the entire, I, I felt it took away from the message that it could have had for our mm. teens. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because I watched it and I would, like, as a grown adult, I watched it and I was uncomfortable um, yeah. as someone, mm-hmm. you know, who works in the field. And I remember, because I watched mm-hmm. it immediately when it came out, because at the time I was working with teens and I was like, my teens are going to watch this. Mm-hmm. And I remember I literally binge watched it in a night oh so gosh. that I could be prepped for my, my teens. And I had teens come in and we were actually like crisis processing this show because wow. of it. And like, mm-hmm. I had clients who were like, I'm going to go see this. And I said, Hey, I want to talk about this with you for a minute before you go and watch this. I want to give you some trigger warnings because it's pretty intense. And I, like I said, like, I just felt like it wasn't intense in like a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I watched 13 Reasons Why when it came out as well. And um, nerd alert um, here. So, because I saw that we got some 
like um in in our jumping ahead to the polls like people wrote 13 reasons why and stuff and we got a question about it so back in 2017 i actually wrote a blog post about it because like of just how i felt about it and so i pulled it up because i haven't deleted this blog even though i haven't used it in years and i i talked about like some of the things they did well like even just like talking about you know the difference between high school partying and having a substance use issues self injury things like that but like I agree with you, KBI. Th- there was so much like, I mean, trigger warning, like the rape scene and things like that, that were just yeah. so graphic. And it was, a, it was too much in my opinion, you know? Well, and then crazy. how the school counselor did not do his job. Like that was probably the most frustrating thing for me. Like it was just so dismissive. And like, to, to your point, KBI, like a lot of teenagers were watching this. And I remember not only was it like, triggering for me as a mental health professional and things like that. Like thinking about my teen clients and the vulnerability of just being that age and then watching this and seeing like a school counselor dismissing the concerns or just like everything that they went through. Um, Like I I think there were some things that were done well, but overall I um, yeah, I had a lot of, issues with it agree with everything you, y'all y'all said yeah it's what this counselor school counselor thing i was like no mm-hmm. no no it makes me changing gears a little bit it makes me think of reality tv shows hoarders my strange addiction intervention the classic <sighs> and it's like the thing that i really appreciated when those were kind of coming out is they were real people And I can distinctly remember watching episodes where I'm like, that actually looked like, again, these people know what they're getting into. Maybe intervention's a little tricky. I don't know how much they know or don't know. But some of the the methods that they use, the grading exposure therapy, I'm like, that actually looked, yeah, that looked like you're kind because it's supposed to be real. But then other episodes I'd watch, I'm like, yo, that looked rushed as hell. I'm like, in the real world, they just flooded that person. And again, in the intervention show where the families, you know, come to terms of like, we need to stop enabling this person. Maybe we'll have this debate now. Was that ever ethical? Is that dumb to do? Does that have a place where it could work? Mm -hmm. But I, I enjoyed that it was at least showing some sort of therapeutic thing in real life. But yeah. overall, my sense is a lot of that felt rushed and forced because they're trying to, again, show the highlights and not sort of the nuance and kind of methodical pacing that a lot of therapy and interventions actually have. Mm-hmm. I was thinking like you just lose the element of time. And yeah. it takes so much, not so much time for people to like work through. I'm thinking of hoarders, right? Like to mm-hmm. work through all the nuance of like, you know, do I keep this item? Do I let it go? Like, I, I get that part, but that could take days, weeks, or even months for people to like really process, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. it's not captured, but I get it. You know, you have to cram it into a season or whatever, you know, or episode. Mm-hmm. I love that you brought up reality TV because, and you all can disagree me with me, but one of the things that makes me so uncomfortable and not shows like intervention or hoarders where like, 
the purpose is to like show these interventions. But like if you're watching a reality TV show, and I don't watch a ton of reality TV, but one that comes to mind is Teen Mom because that was one that I would mm. watch. And people give permission for cameras to be in their live therapy sessions. And it always makes me very uncomfortable. And I know like, okay, mm. there's a consent process and things like that. But whenever I watch reality TV and there is a scene of people in their therapy session, first, I'm like, I would never in a million years consent to be filmed mm. on TV. Like as a psychologist, mm. like I would in an, never in an actual therapy set. Like, yeah. So like I, the so one I'm weird. thinking of, like Caitlin and Tyler for Teen Mom um, <laughs> would film their therapy sessions. Like, and the oh therapist, God. like, and there's a consent process. But then I always think of too, like just that power differential between therapists and clients. Like that's just innate. And, you know, okay, this is consenting to be on film, but can they revoke that consent? Can the therapist revoke that mm. consent? At late, like yeah. all of that. And I mean, after we had Nick on talking about mm-hmm. all the stuff that reality TV gets away with, I imagine not. But like anytime I see reality TV and there's a scene with a real therapist, it makes me so uncomfortable. I don't know if anybody else yeah. has seen that, has strong reactions yeah. to it. It's my own issues I need to work through, but... <laughs> No, because I think it, I think you're highlighting something really good because I think with therapy, it's not that it's supposed to be like this intimate thing. It's really supposed to be this vulnerable thing. And I think mm-hmm. when you're kind of putting that on a screen, you're getting a snippet of what somebody might be going through in a therapy session. And like you guys talked about before of like, it could be a high highlight reel. Like it could be like a high moment. It could also be probably like, I would imagine being like some of these therapy sessions could be really difficult for people. And then you're on film. How are you supposed to process? that like a camera in your face while you're trying to process trauma. Like I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and I, and I just think, I wonder how am I, how am I supposed to word this? Like, I wonder about how therapeutic it actually is. I know it's for film, but if you're doing therapy and you're putting like how therapeutic actually is it really, you know, at the end of the day. And that's, that's how I felt. I didn't watch it specifically because it made me uncomfortable with the Jonah Hill documentary. I didn't watch that. I I didn't watch it because I just (laughs) could. Like I was like, this makes me uncomfortable just thinking about it. (laughs) Yeah, I see, and I knew I was going to have to preface the hell out of this because I'm like, there's no therapist in the world who would approve of the text that got leaked from Jonah Hill to his ex girlfriend. And so I had watched Stutz is the name of it, and then those came out, and I'm like. Yo, that was like, it was sort of like a punch in the gut. Cause not that I know a lot about Jonah Hill. I don't, yeah. mm-hmm. but I was like, yo, those texts are just, they're just brutal. Like they're, they're brutal. controlling, there's some manipulation. It's just like, you see those, you're like, oh, it's yeah. It's like, wow. He has a lot to yeah. work on. Setting that aside for just a moment. I thought Stutz was a real example of a real therapist. Like mm-hmm. I watched the whole okay. thing and I... There's some things that you're like, oh, I don't agree with this. But it was the first time from start to finish I watched a documentary where it was, I felt like this was some therapist I just knew. Like he was explaining his theories. He was talking about how he helps Jonah or other clients using his theory. And it was specific. And so like, I've never seen that in depth done before ever in a documentary movie film or whatever so i thought that was novel and unique there were some of his theories that i'm like yo that's out there 
And like it did branch more into sort of spiritual religious than I do with my clients. Mm -hmm. But I still felt like at least there is an example out there of like, that's not some bullshit textbook CBT robot shit Mm -hmm. that sometimes I feel like I see in like hoarders and other things where it's like, it's so by the book. I'm like, that's not even real life though. Like you're being by the book because you're being filmed. But for what it's worth, the thing I liked about Stutz is it felt like a real person, like a real therapist Mm -hmm. that had like nuance and sort of stuff I agreed with and stuff I disagreed with. And I guess if you think about real life, like I'm sure all four of us have different therapeutic modalities and we probably might disagree on an intervention that we might use or, you know, 100%. you know what yeah. I mean? So that makes sense to me. Like if there's certain little things, I think I haven't seen it because I just thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be too intimate. You know, it's just mm-hmm. going to be kind of wild. But now that you said that, I, I would love to watch it and just kind of see, mm-hmm. see that. Because I think that like t- to your point, text messages aside, it, it probably would feel refreshing to watch that, you know? Definitely unique. And I, I, don't, I don't quite have the same reaction. Like, Jess, when you said, you're like, I would never do this. My first question to you was, as a therapist or the client? Because as a client, I would do it. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> Maybe that does say something about me. But if someone came to me like, Justin, we want to film your therapy sessions, I would do it. Because, and I'm not trying to be some superhero or anything, but like, mm-hmm. I just don't think that exists. Mm-hmm, and yeah. it, would it change the dynamic 100%. You can't lie and say it wouldn't. But at the same yeah. time, how else do we de- destigmatize something that many people still have no understanding of what the fuck it is? True. Like you can talk about therapy and we do to no end, but it's different when you see it. And yeah. it's hard because like I don't know how else you would. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, because yeah. I I think the the thing for me is I just know in film they cut out some things and they place totally. things in different ways. And just having Nick on, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were all enlightened by like all these things that could happen. So mm-hmm. if it's authentic start to finish, I think that's great, you know. But I, I think that media has a tendency to kind of, you know, yeah, pump things up doubt. in a different yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't even want to be filmed and watched it back in front of my classmates. So, oh my god, do you I'm remember not, those days? I'm, really thinking, yeah. I'm not going to be filmed and have it watched by millions of people. Oh, can you imagine? That's honestly, that's honestly my only, that's my only qualm. I'm like, mm, I just wouldn't do it because I don't want to watch myself back. I think I'm comfortable doing watch it as a therapist, anyway, KBI. but she wouldn't watch it anyway. Well, if it's a she show, wouldn't even listen to it. I wouldn't yeah. listen to it. If it's a show. So. <laughs> Oh my god, never mind. I think I'd be comfortable doing it. I think I would wonder about the client's ex- I would be too concerned yeah. about their experience and if they feel comfortable. Like all that stuff would just be in my head too much, I think. And I think As that's the- my fear too. It's yeah. like, how is the client feeling in this moment? Like, are they holding back because of the camera? Even if it was like, you know, the client consenting or like they being mm-hmm. the one filmed and less about me. But I, I see your point, Justin, and I hear it. But I, I have more concerns if I'm the therapist. I was just saying, I don't have those concerns if I'm the client. Like, the client, you're like, let's roll. If anyone's listening, <laughs> if they want to do a little docu-series, I'll be the client and be real. Yeah, and be real. But the, as a therapist, I also have the same concerns. Like, the consent would have to be so elaborate, detailed. Yeah. And oh, yeah. It's adding a huge, another layer of power that's, like, tough. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's not tough. Oh, Jess! Let's go! It's it's not tough. It's informative. 
<laughs> the Google Scholar shorts. Let's go. Um, so one, like, I guess we haven't really talked about like specific mental health concerns that much other than the ones that, you know, we talked about like silver linings playbook, but the question I want to pose to you all, when you think of portrayals of autism in the media, what do you think of? (sighs) KBI is making a face. Yeah. KBI can answer this. (laughs) I'm going to leave this one to you because I got big feelings. <gasps> I, think- I have no accurate representation. Yeah. They, no. I'm they really are all zombiants. They're all zombiants. Mm-hmm. Picture memories. Um, yeah. Flat affect. That's That's what they are. The Good Doctor. Uh, oh. What's the show on MTV? Um. Oh. Um. I know what. When you're you know what about. I'm what talking about. He's a yeah, metal singer. The, the actor is a yeah, metal what, singer. What is the name of that what? one? Oh no, I was thinking of something else. Oh, I was thinking a, of the dating. The dating oh, show. Love on the Spectrum. Has, yeah, that one. Oh, there's another one. Um, on MTV. I can't. I can literally can't recall it right now. But it's all they're they're ambiance. They have picture memory they Mm -hmm. you know are recluse they don't like me Mm -hmm. like they're they're the textbook definition of of autism i got right right yeah Yeah. so this study came out in july of 2023 so this is like the most recent study i've ever reviewed and it looked at the portrayal of autism in mainstream media with a focus on both nonfiction media, so newspaper, social media, as well as fiction media, so movies, TV, literature, from 1988 up till 2022. Wow. So researchers found that the portrayal of autism in the media varies. However, stigmatization is most prominent in newspapers, so use of negative language, focus on negative aspects of autism, and the medical model of disability as well as high stigma in movies and TV. So once again, focusing on the negative aspects of autism, lack of diversity in what autistic individuals look like. So typically white males and often only representing high levels of autism or very stereotypical, such as savantism, just like KBI Mm -hmm. was saying. Literature, on the other hand, often has a more diverse and positive representation. They also looked at video games and um, representation of autistic characters has increased over time. And the representation tends to be more positive with a focus on resiliency. And then social media tends to have a more supportive tone. Um, And then the other thing I wanted to highlight is that really at the end of this review, what they talked about was having autistic individuals be included in the creation of these movies, wow. uh, TV shows, video games, etc., to more accurately represent autistic individuals. Nope, Any I thoughts? <laughs> I love the... Yeah. I love that the data was collected. I love the intent. And I, I think the skeptic in me feels like there's a certain responsibility when you're producing reality TV, which I know we had a great episode, Nick, or like a movie or TV. It's like, I don't think these people care. 
Maybe that's so that's the feeling I get bad too. cynical. They yeah. they care about eyeballs, viewership. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, this is the same with the media. The media gets more sensational because it's it's more interesting than reality. But that's mm-hmm. sad. Like that oh, should absolutely. be sad that this is the case. Because when you asked the question, I paused and thought, I'm like, I can't think of a single good representation of autism yeah. in TV and movies. That and maybe I'll have to think harder, but yeah, show, and I go ahead, Kitty. I was about to say the show I was thinking was not on MTV. It was on Netflix, and it was called Atypical. I, just, oh, I haven't, I haven't um, seen that one. Don't don't waste your time. It's crappy. Okay, it's, it's terrible. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> Good enough. Yeah, I don't know. I, I that's really interesting research because I think just into your point too. Like I don't know, there, we have like a global mental health epidemic, and mm-hmm. if people aren't being represented in a way that makes them feel seen and heard like what are we doing like like in my opinion like it just feels so callous you know um mm-hmm. even when i just think of like being on the spectrum of autism autism spectrum disorder or even like did or like the ones that mm-hmm. aren't as represented you know in media mm-hmm. um i don't know it just makes me kind of sad but also excited because it's represented in some way is that kind of i'm like let's breadcrumb it you know what i mean like we, we'll take anything you know it's kind of weird and that's where I go back to what I said is like, like right at the beginning is like, it, it, it's like we wanted to be represented and we're happy that there's something. But again, it's so stereotyped that mm-hmm. is it actually, is it causing more harm than it actually is helpful? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah. And maybe it's, I don't know. Maybe it's in the casting and the writing of like some of these people may be showing some some of their ignorance mm-hmm. that like I'm even thinking of like anxiety. It's like anxiety isn't like, ah, oh, I have anxiety. I'm so worried. like all the time. You know what I mean? But I'm like, you think of like the stereotypical like anxious freaking zombie apocalypse survivor and you're like, it, you see it and you're like, this is overdone. Yeah. Like, it's just like, it's so hard to capture normalcy, but it, it's easier to capture normalcy when you know what it looks like, when you've been around mm-hmm. it, when yeah. you have it or like your friend does or, you know what I mean? It's more normal to you. Like, you, you've seen it. But yeah. I, I think in the writing of these, sometimes they don't start from there. They're like, no. we no, want an like, autistic let's just... kid represented, someone neurodivergent mm-hmm. represented. And it's like, yeah, but. Where'd you go from there, writer? <laughs> like, where, where did you go from that point? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think over time, I have seen, you know, in the last couple of years, more substance use represented more yeah. accurately yeah. than mm-hmm. mental yeah. health. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think because you're getting the backstory. Not mm. to go down that rabbit hole, but I feel like in more yeah. shows and TV, they're at least, they're not just like, I'm some person using heroin on the street. It's like, We've gotten to the nuanced point of like, there's far more to this person's story and yeah. we're getting it, which. Yeah. Yeah. I'm even thinking, I watch like Mindbender and weird movies, but like, mm. I'm even thinking of like Requiem for a Dream. Like, it's a really mm. old movie. Um, and I just yeah. think about the progress, like, you see the whole progression. It's partly substance use and stuff like that, but like, you just see the progression and you almost have empathy for the characters, you know, in the movie. Right. Whereas I think with mental health, you're just like, okay, they're, they have anxiety and they're like worried. It's like, okay, now what? Okay. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, like I watched um, Is It a Beautiful Boy it was on Amazon um, oh, Nick Sh- I think it was Nick Sheaf um, from Tweak 
if you've ever read that book, I'm pretty sure that that's the connection. Really? Um, it's his that's dad's perspective. <clears throat> I'm like 80% sure. Um, Interesting. I thought that that was a pretty decent representation. Mm. Wow. I want to know what our group members think. So let's go to the polls. Yeah. All right. That was a that was a slick transition. I'm just going to pass that was for that one. All right. Um, so I asked who was doing the polls this week, and I put a picture of my own sneakers and my own leg and my own outfit, and people still thought it was KBI and Dr. J by one percent. Literally, it was 32 percent for you guys and 33 for me. So y'all are the stars. Dr. J got <laughs> and, legs. And wait, for and days. like nobody for Jess. <laughs> This this is kind of messed up. Okay, I wasn't going to say it, but just you brought it up. So, like, Santa Claus got 22% and you got 13. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, they're your tattoo showing? Yeah. That's why. That's why. That's why. They don't think it's me. Oh, because they don't think But but we've never seen Santa's legs. So, we don't know if he's a tatted bee or not. We got to tag Santa J. Claus and see what he thinks. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so, so the first funny. question, right? The first question was overall, do you think TV and movies mostly portrays mental health accurately, more positively than it actually is, more negatively than it actually is, or unsure? Negatively. Negative. 80%. Yeah. Ooh. 54%. More negative than it actually is. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Sorry Justin, I'm just messing with you at this point. Okay. Um, next one, do you think. TV and movies portray therapy accurately. Yes, no, or unsure. No, I'd be no hard. No. Okay, what percent? What percent for no? Ninety-four. Ninety-three percent. Five percent were unsure, and two percent were yes. Like, they probably watch guys- The Sopranos. That's the only show they probably watch. Listen. Yeah. That's probably okay. the most. If I had to pick a therapist, that was probably the most decent out of all of them. I've. The Sopranos therapist is probably the one with the least red flags. Olivia Benson's therapist is pretty good on SVU. Olivia, Olivia Benson in general is like, yeah, her. <laughs> um, okay, how do you think mental health slash therapy and TV slash movies is impacting the stigma around mental health? Reduces the stigma, makes it worse, or unsure? Ooh, I feel like it's close. I feel like it's like fifty fifty or like fifty five forty five. I feel like it makes it worse, but I agree. I think it's close. I, it's 48 close. makes it worse. I'm shocked. Okay. So 57% said made it worse. Okay. And then reduces the stigma and unsure we're about 20, 20% oh, each. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe. I was like, wow. What's your favorite slash most accurate depiction of mental health Ooh. or therapy in TV or movies? We got a lot. Uh, the movie Joker. Uh, 13 Reasons Why. <laughs> Lucifer. I don't watch movies, guys, so I don't know what any of this is. Mm. Goodwill Hunting, SVU, but both um, Ted Lasso, mm. Ordinary People, The Patient, Girl Interrupted. Oh, yep. Yep. yeah, that's good. Yeah, Angelina Silver Linings <sighs> Smoke Show, Silver Linings Playbook. There was a lot of that. Euphoria. Have you guys watched yep. Euphoria? I've not, yeah. but. I've seen a lot of clips on the TikTok. Yeah. Ted Lasso came up a lot. Um, yeah. The Perks of Being a Wallflower. <gasps> yes. I love that. Oh, yeah. Movie. Yeah. Classic. I forgot. Classics, Classic. right. Okay. Now, a poor depiction. Oh, no. <laughs> what did they say? Desperate Housewives. Mm. <laughs> Lord. Okay. Split. I think we all agree. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Hannibal. Oh, yeah. Hannibal. Yeah. Four. That's bad. You're so right. somebody yep. said, somebody said Hannibal, it's a TV show. It's a pretty bad example of a therapist. Yeah. Uh, split the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. There's a therapist. Oh, there's a therapist. Oh, the, the stepdad. <gasps> the, ste- yeah. the stepdad is like, oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, interesting. Ju- so I don't think fact, we ever see him working, but the the stepdad is played by Judge Reinhold, who was my mom's friend in high school. <laughs> you wow? Are yeah. you serious? Yeah, Shit. we went to high school together. <laughs> oh my god! Random somebody connection. said somebody said Fatal Attraction. Um, oh, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, yeah Fatal uh, Attraction. That's I mean that's the last one, so we could even you know you know what I just thought of. What, in what? the new Joker, Harley Quinn, she was a psychiatrist. Yeah, before right. she was right. a psychiatrist. Jeez, Fun fact. and I thought of another. I don't know if y'all have seen this, The Departed. That's a oh longest movie ever. But it's, yeah, <laughs> it's very long. It's an awful depiction. Of course, they sleep with their client. Classic. Mm. Classic. Is in that the worst classic? Way. What's the one? Oh shit! I don't know anybody's names. Whatever. I'm just gonna ask you guys through text later. Forget it. I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking of uh, who is in the Departed. Who's the main character? What's his name? Well, it's Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio and um, oh my gosh! Now I'm having a moment. What's Ma- what's Matt the Damon, one with right? Yeah, oh. what's the one with Leonardo DiCaprio? But he's like on Rikers Island or something. Oh, Shutter Am Island. I, like, making a- Shutter that's Island. Sh- okay, that, that one I saw. Good. That one's Ooh. interesting. I what thought about- you were trying to figure out the Titanic, and I was real confused for a second. Shutter Island, yo, I haven't thought about I, that one. Yeah, yeah, that one. Fucking that ending. Oh my. God. That about, ending has anybody, sent me. Has anybody seen the Secret Window with Johnny yes. Depp? Yes. No. Yeah. Yes. That one too. Yeah, that's wild too. Mm-hmm. Shit, there's so many. All right. <laughs> Those psychological yeah. thrillers that have the mental stuff undertone that you don't sometimes like. Now I like I didn't think of that as like. A yeah, mental health movie. Oh, mm-hmm. then I sometimes think of movies that I watch that I have like, I feel like I have like a trauma response from. I know that's like not the right way to say it, but like A Clockwork Orange or Requiem mm-hmm. for like those mm-hmm. movies, I feel like so weird about for some reason. And I'm like, was there mental health themes or was it just chaos? I don't know. You know, the weird. one we didn't talk about, and I'm surprised that just didn't come up before we transitioned is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, yeah. that oh, one. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. the terrible representation of like ECT, which was mm-hmm. accurate, you know, then, way, yeah, way, 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 way yeah. back then. But like, yeah. yeah. You know, it's a decent representation of group therapy. Oh, decent. Shit, Fight Our club. podcast. Yo. Decent. What's the first yeah. rule of Fight Club, though? We don't talk <laughs> yeah. about Fight Club. Breaking confidentiality. They're big with confidentiality. Don't talk about it, you know? Like, that's a plus, I, right? I was thinking about the meeting scenes, but yes, also I'm, I'm their group up. in the basement. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a good transition. I was like, you got nothing, Jess. I was gonna be no. like, I was gonna be like, you know what else is good for group therapy? The question. The group member questions. Yes. Yay. There we go. Thank you. Team effort. Um, thank you all for submitting your questions, as always. Um, and 
Honestly, like some of them were similar, but we got a lot of uh, different ones and some we've already touched on, but I want to expand. So we're going to just jump right in. So Emily from the U.S. says or asks, what do you think is the most important aspect that needs to change in TV and films related mm-hmm. to mental health? And then she also says, K-10, I hope you read this. Thank you for making this pod a safe space for us fellow queers. Hey. You're welcome, Emily. I'm always here to represent. Thanks for shouting me out. Yeah. So what do you all think is the most important aspect that needs to change in TV and films? You know what? It's funny because in us having this dialogue, I'm having a little bit of sympathy for like directors, producers, writers, (laughs) because I think I'm just now embracing that it's just hard to depict how monotonous yeah. therapy can be. And that's not the best word. Methodical was the word I yeah. wanted. And some of it monotonous. That's probably not what I want to say, but methodical therapy can be because it's, again, you're not having these big moments all the time. There's slow insight, slow change, resistance. Like even resistance doesn't look like it does in movies and TV. It's not uh-huh. someone being like, no. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, like even resistance depicted in yeah in TV and movies is so over the top. And in reality, it's someone being like, no, I don't, I don't actually think so. And then three sessions later, you're like, you know what? I, that actually was right. You were right about it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think, yeah, I'm think I'm just having a moment where I think it's just hard. Part of me thinks of like maybe if reality TV becomes less corrupt, that maybe mm-hmm. there is some sort of avenue to show like reality and have it be close to reality but in tvs Mm -hmm. and movies i'm a little skeptical that at least for therapy that getting it close to look like reality is gonna like have to be drawn out i can't imagine it in a movie yeah yeah i think for me i i think it's like a little bit of like maybe a hot take but i just wish that there was more um I don't know, like they talked about the legal disclaimers or like the limits to confidentiality or like if you are having it, like I wish that mm. they had more of those disclaimers because mm. as somebody who struggles with mental health, just like all four of us, I could watch a movie or a TV show and think like, oh, wow, this is kind of triggering or oh, wow, mm-hmm. like this is similar to maybe what I experienced. And it, I don't notice as much emphasis. I know they, they put it in like the show notes and stuff like that, but they don't really emphasize like somebody talking to the screen saying, listen, this is a depiction of that. Like, I wish that they yeah. did that only because I feel like it would make it not only more legitimate because our job is really hard, but at, and fun and great, you know? And at the same time, I think it would help people get the resources because think about it, who's watching TV? It's like everybody. Mm-hmm. And if you're struggling mm-hmm. with mental health, that would be the greatest thing to just have those disclaimers on the screen just in case you're struggling, you know? Yeah. So I think for me, something I would like to see or, or change is mental health being portrayed in a way that's less stigmatizing. I do think we're getting better at it. And I I know we have a question here coming up, so I don't want to get too much into it, but I'm very into like crime shows. And I feel like a lot, especially in that realm, mental health is like weaponized and stigmatized as like the root cause of this horrific crime. Um, So I would like to see like a more, I guess, or less stigmatized approach and maybe more strength based as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm sure forensic psychologists would agree, you know, just in general. Mm -hmm. 
So Elizabeth from Kentucky asked a similar question, but uh, different. Can you please, can y'all please talk about what you wish was shown more in the media around mental health? Appreciate y'all's pod. I wish, I wish the, the middle ground was shown more. Mm. The problem is, is that the middle ground isn't what's going to get people to watch. Mm -hmm. Like people, people want the sensationalized. Sadly, that's, that's, that's the biggest piece. But, you know, we talked about it, but, you know, sometimes depression is just, I'm just going throughout my day. Mm-hmm. And I'm just existing. Mm-hmm. And it's more of an internal monologue. And we don't, like, that's hard to portray in a TV show and movie. I accept that. Um, but I would definitely love to see more of that middle ground shown more often and more representation of talks about suicide. Yeah. I would love that, actually. I'm really happy you brought that up. I also think nuance, which isn't mm-hmm. big. <laughs> in, in media, because people want definitive things it, it related to exactly what uh, KBI was just saying. But the, I, where I think I, I've heard the most nuance and specificity is podcasts. Mm-hmm. I think you just have the time, mm-hmm. you have the focus. People are having more in-depth conversations. I don't see that on media, but I, I do also see it a bit in social media. I think, and I feel this pressure as a modern creator of like short form content's hard. And it's not to be like, woe's me. But like when you have like 60 to 90 seconds to make a point on something, it's tough. And so you get a lot more nuance in the caption, but really it's podcasts or you're making that 15 minute YouTube video. But on a lot of short form content, which is dominating social media right now, it's like as professionals, we're trying to adapt to get a point across. Mm-hmm. And it's almost impossible to include a lot of nuance in that. So I guess I feel hamstringed by that, but I do appreciate it when I listen to podcasts and other forms where I'm like, we're able to break that down in more detail. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, Jess and I sometimes go back and forth. We'll send each other screenshots of things like, why is this so strong wording? <laughs> like, why can't it say sometimes it depends? Like, you know, just to kind of True. capture all of the nuance. So I'm with you on the nuance thing, Justin. Yeah. True. I mean, reflecting on our conversation earlier about like what I talked about with Google Scholar Shorts, I think more accurate depictions of autism and neurodivergence would be... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. Because like now thinking about it, if we think of like just neurodivergence or like ADHD, for example, I don't think off the top of my head, I can think of a film or TV show that like has a character that I feel has been identified as having ADHD and like really talks about the struggle. I don't know if you all can think of something because when I think of like mental health, I think of, you know, depression, anxiety, or those like DID, bipolar, like bigger ones. But like ADHD, autism, or even like learning disabilities, things like that. I was even thinking like like, those things. Yeah. Or even like, I guess I can't even think of like, I'm thinking of like chronic pain and like the depression that might come along with that. Like, I'm just thinking of all these different nuanced things. And yeah, yeah, it's hard to find it. You know, 
So Haley from Germany asks, how do you feel about shows like Criminal Minds that paint certain mental health conditions in such a horrible and purely negative light? Assuming you don't think everyone with NPD, DID, schizophrenia, et cetera, is eventually going to end up doing horrible things to other people. One of my pet peeves, my biggest icks, is when people depict people with schizophrenia in like a violent way mm-hmm. because they're, it's so rare that they're... It is. You know what I mean? It's like just so rare. Um, I've worked inpatient and I've been on the side of doing not guilty by reason of insanity evaluations for people who have like committed crimes and, and all that. I don't have nearly as much experience as some of our forensic psychologist friends, but I do think like when you're in that world, you're just kind of seeing the symptoms as they are. You're not really categorizing them as good and bad. You're just like looking at them. But I think movies and TV tend to portray people with schizophrenia or like, you know, DID, like as these like, violent people when I've never had that experience with clients at least. So I can't speak for everybody's experience. I think with NPD, it is hard because there is that feeling of like that external gain and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it really just depends or antisocial personality disorder. That's like one that's a little different. Um, But I do wish that in those, uh, in those shows that they, (laughs) that they highlighted that there's more to it than the mental health thing, you know? Um, Yeah. My question is, if we stopped 100 people on the streets and asked them, what is schizophrenia? Well, how many out of 100 are going to be close enough that, again, some inter-rater reliability pool of experts would say, yeah, that was right. You're correct. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm asking because I don't know, but I also have a feeling. I don't think we're anywhere near. No being sort of enlightened enough on mental health to depict things sort of in wild extremes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. There's part of me that's like, yes, if we were at some tipping point where the majority of people, oh, you know, schizophrenia, having delusions, hallucinations, here's what that might look like or whatever, then it's like, most of us could watch a depiction of that and be like, nah, this is obviously an extreme sort of like sensationalized example. And we could debate whether it should exist or shouldn't. But there's just such a high cost when you ask yeah. yourself that question of like 100 people on the street, do they even know what schizophrenia really is? To me, it is a high cost to depict anything in extreme. And again, I know we're not there yet as a culture and society. So yes, globally, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And that's me. Like I will defend schizophrenia until my dying day. Um, from where I where I came from working previously, like those were some of my favorite clients to work with because it is so misunderstood, and the media just so badly takes it in a direction mm-hmm. that. It does not need need to be because of the tiniest of tiniest percentage. But there's tiniest percentages in every aspect. Oh, and everything. That is that. Um, But we focus on the ones that are so misunderstood because we don't have the education about it. So we're not, we're going to focus more on that. Um, And that's why I love people like Cody, Schizophrenic Hippie, on social media who oh, really yeah. talks mm-hmm. a lot about you know his journey and his recovery and his maintenance and all of that because it shows that it's not quite what 
the world wants us to think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only thing I'll add is I, as much, I love crime shows. I, I love crime shows. And with that being said, I think, you know, with everything you all are saying, it just adds to the stigma and the misinformation about these already um, misunderstood disorders. And then I feel like there's this, you know, blame. And we see this narrative all the time, like in news media and stuff, when something horrific happens, oh, they must be mentally ill, things like that. And I definitely think crime shows play a role in perpetuating that narrative that to do something horrific, you must be mentally ill. Yeah, there's, yeah. No, you could just be a horrible person. Yeah. Period. You could just, you just be a dick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, So we kind of already touched on this, but I wanted to give us an opportunity to talk more about it if anybody had any extra thoughts. So Rebecca from Singapore asks, I wonder what you all think about the way therapists are portrayed in movies. So therapists themselves. I just want them to stop sleeping with their clients. Yeah, stop fucking everybody. You gotta gotta start there. I just like that. Get on Tinder. Like, just find somebody else like there's the pool of people just you You could the world is your oyster there is a put your preferences 50 people in the world that you can't sleep with don't sleep with them people in your it's just mean plenty of people out there i don't know yeah i could go off yeah i think that is that is the biggest one though for sure (laughs) i think i think we, we fluctuate from that of like some therapist that's just like falling for their client. Like how many times have I seen that? And the therapist that's like robotic buttoned up, which is why, again, for me, Goodwill hunting is like the most ideal in between. Like you, Robin Williams portrayed that so well. You knew he was sort of a flawed human being who's trying. He's trying to listen, get Will to come out of his shell, blah, blah, blah. You shouldn't choke your client. I was about to say, except minus the choking part. <laughs> a moment when he, when Will really got under his skin about the boat and he was just tugging at, uh, to spoil it a little bit, his wife had passed, the therapist's wife had passed, and the client was mocking a painting that was in his office, not knowing whatever. He knew it was from the wife, but then he yeah. like, really pushed. It got bad. But uh, the therapist, yeah, flipped out and put his hand on his throat. But aside from that, I do think it's like a real depiction. Like he felt like a real human being, not some buttoned up robot. I'm like, I don't know that therapist. I've never met that. That's not anybody I went to grad school with. That's not anybody I would trust either. Like, no, no, not warm. Not. Yeah. But anyways, I think we're just, it's just extremes. Just so removed, like mm-hmm. almost so old school psychoanalytic that like they're saying, saying like Ooh. two words. Like, I've, yeah, I've seen that before. The blank slate. It's blank slating it up. How many people do that? Not to, I mean, I, those people are still out there, but literally how many? Yeah. I mean, I tried it. Shit didn't work for me. So no. you tried to be a <laughs> blank slate. So, yeah. I did because early, 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 early on. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, oh, I have to just like be professional and like whatever. But y'all know how fucking unhinged I am, right? So I'm just like trying to put myself in this fucking yeah. box. You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, I'm cool. I don't have trauma. I don't have tattoos. 
I don't have daddy issues. Let's go. And it's just like, not like that at all. That's your entire personality. Can we get that on the t- on a t-shirt? I'm cool. Yo. I don't have that's trauma. I don't have tattoos and I don't have daddy issues. That's like, our new merch. Seriously. And then I started working at the VA and I like let myself, you know, just show. And the veterans were like trusting me more than like mm-hmm. not other people, but like just, you know, it's just person more personable. You know, it just, it, mm-hmm. and there are blank slate th- therapists out there that maybe it works for them. I don't know. I'm not hating yeah, on y'all. True. I just can't fucking, I just right. can't fucking do it. Yeah. It's just not me. You're right. But to go to something that uh, Justin said a little bit ago about kind of having like sympathy, empathy for these producers, like, I don't know about you all, but like, I was definitely taught in graduate school, you know, the client shouldn't know anything about you and da 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 da. So if that is what we're still being taught in graduate school and like this blank slate message is out there, why wouldn't a producer either go to the extremes? Okay. We either need to make this person a blank slate robotic or clearly so unhinged that people will know Mm. this is not like. Wow. How therapists are supposed to be. That's true. Cause I do feel like there's not just like. You know, the the 30-year-old millennial therapist coming in with tattoos and casual clothing, but is doing really good work. It's like yeah. the 50-year-old white man in button-up or the with a sweater female therapist vest. seducing her client in a oh miniskirt. Oh, God. I can't. There's so many more people to fuck out there. Don't fuck your clients. Like, I just can't. Like, just stop. Get on Tinder. God. Like, I can't. Anywhere. Swipe if your client comes up. So, I don't know which way you swipe because I'm not. I don't know that person. Bye. Absolutely. No idea who they are. Yeah. (laughs) To the left for. Yeah. For those of us that know, we know it's to the left. Don't you dare swipe up. That's the wrong direction. Well, on that note, so Alex from Florida, let's go, asked, in your opinion, does reality TV accurately portray mental illness? Do you feel they hype up the negative aspects of mental illness or do they show all sides of mental illness? I love this question because it was about reality TV. It's so good. KBI, what is your face right now? She's just over it. She's like, no, the nothing, nothing is accurate. We'll revisit our episode with Nick when we slice and hide and cut and pull. No. Mm. We don't have a filter today for my face today. (laughs) It's just gone out the window. Yeah, I think if if y'all if y'all follow the pod, go to the episode with Nick Thompson. He, I'm just going to butcher his words. He says it so beautifully and he's so descriptive with how he talks about it too. And like after talking with him, I think I have such a different view of reality TV now because you don't really have like ongoing consent with certain things that you disclose, right? I mean, you sign a consent form that says like, hey, I'm here to just like be here or I, I don't know. I could be, you know, I'm not an expert here. Um, but then I would imagine like just say one day you're saying, oh, I'm depressed. And the next day, just say you're fine, but you're showing like, oh, you're just kind of on the couch. They might use those two clips together and it's not really mm-hmm. real, even though it's reality. So I just wish that it was just, there's a camera and there's no cuts and it's just like, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Yeah. Like that would be yeah. ideal, but that's not going to get people watching, you know? Yo, maybe could I just rewatch this? But it's so funny because it's not even in mental health. Um, 
but last chance you basketball. The real ones know. Some of y'all are like, yeah. The original season is such a good depiction of people talking about grief and trauma. Mm. And again, you're going to be like, in the middle of a sports documentary, yes. The backstories, the way they tell them, the way, and again, who knows? There's always a chance that someone who was filmed on that show doesn't whatever, but from an observer watching and as a therapist watching, I'm like, yo, you let them tell their actual backstory about losing their mom, about struggling in poverty, being a black man. Like you're getting all this depiction. And then of course it relates to how they're trying to make it in sports to get a college degree. Fascinating, felt like real life, felt like it's talking about racism, class, culture, and it's not a mental health doc, but it is. Mm. Mm. But I think those are the sneaky ways that I've seen like good representations. Yeah. And it's not in uh, Love is Blind. True. Like sort of a stereotypical like reality TV show. Yeah. Love it. So the next question Three, three people asked similar questions. So Anonymous from Canada and Anonymous from the Midwest both ask if TV shows consult clinical social workers, psychologists for TV shows. Um, and then Isabella from Canada with an exclamation point um, asked, do producers and writers think of possible triggers before producing episodes or movies? And if so, who do they consult? Does anybody know? I um so I worked really briefly on I don't want to out the company or the producers or anything like that. It was a wonderful experience, but we were filming something that was going to potentially go on Netflix 2 years ago and I was one of the psychologists that was just there as like an expert like this is what CBT is, this is what trauma is, like stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I just noticed like part of me was like getting pulled because as a psychologist like you're an expert in psychology, but then we could also do therapy, right? So I'm like, oh, okay, my therapist brain is on too. There were so many times that I wanted to be like, are you okay? Like, mm-hmm. are you good? You know what I mean? Because a lot of these people were talking about their traumas and like just talking about their life experiences. And I just so desperately wanted to be like, afterwards, are you good? Do you want to debrief? Talk to me. That And there was none of that, you know? So I'm just yeah. like, I hope that's not the reality. That was only my own personal experience for a very brief time. But I want to know, you guys, know your guys' thoughts too. I do know people in our profession who have been consulted on those things. Yeah. I have no idea on how often that's happening. And I'm very skeptical. And even when they've consulted, I'm very skeptical to what degree they followed. (laughs) What is actually, yeah. And I, I, yeah. I would assume on the shows where it is a poignant point, like it is a common thing that is in there. Like, you know, I know on doctor shows, they frequently will have doctors on there. If it's a common like thread in that, then I can, I would assume that they would have someone, but like, yeah, like you said, how often and Mm. if they actually follow through on, on what is said, like that's a whole other ballgame. They're definitely not following through when they sleep with their clients. Ain't no way. How many times on this podcast episode? Multiple because we talk about worst. It is the number one red flag. It's just so ironic because our ethics code—that's like the first thing they they like drill in us. Like, yeah, don't don't sleep with with anybody. Like, it's just like, yeah, noted. 
why are you even bringing this up? Like, stop. And now it's all in movies. It's like, okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with everything said. As for Isabella's question about like, do producers or writers think of possible triggers before, before producing episodes or movies? I don't know because like even 13 Reasons Why, going back to that and KBI, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure there wasn't any trigger warnings until after there was outcry. And then they went back and edited it in. And I've seen that before. Like they'll produce things and we could get into a whole conversation about trigger warnings. Are they helpful? Not things like that. But like my gut says... It's usually an afterthought when there's backlash from people. I've definitely seen some shows where there have been. So a million little things. Yes. um, Had really good trigger um, warning in their episodes. Um, I thought that that was was refreshing. Like it wasn't Mm -hmm. like an afterthought. Um, And then they would do post trigger talks. Yep. So like um on um, some of the ones that were high on suicide or things like that they would like the the actors would come on as themselves and say if you or someone you know is struggling blah 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 mm-hmm. blah blah here are the numbers um i think there was one on domestic violence once and mm-hmm. so there definitely are sometimes and i think it's becoming more common that that they're that they're talking about those things um and showing those but it's not where it needs to be So Alex from Florida, got a lot of Florida people, all of Justin's neighbors are writing in. Hopefully everyone's okay after the hurricane. What needs to be done so that Hollywood starts to more accurately display mental illness or struggles rather than portray stereotypes? Hire actors that actually are dealing with the illnesses themselves. Ooh, I love that. That's actually a good one. That's a good suggestion. That's a good one. Nothing talks like money. I think Yeah. if as a tipping point as a society, we demanded more accurate representations, I think when something came out that we all agreed was trash, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have this push and pull of people being like, I liked Split. And you're like, yo, you like it because you don't know anything about DID. Yeah. Or you just don't care. Mm-hmm. But I think if, Again, we were all more informed, which is a privilege. I'm not like talking around that. We got to have it in schools and continue the conversation. But if we're all more informed when you saw something that you're like, yo, that's a terrible depiction, then it would get dinged versus people being like, well, I think it was fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if this is true or not, or if there is anything like this out there for movies and TV, but I wish that there was kind of like... How do I describe it? Like for mental health startup companies, they have like consultants, like people, clinical mm-hmm. consultants, like people who help them like figure out, oh, how do we talk about this mental health thing? You know what I mean? I wonder if there would be that for movies or TV to like, if you are going to depict somebody with DID, if there's a way to like tap in and like Kristen's saying, have people who are experiencing it and maybe therapists and experts to kind of collectively talk about, hey, if you do this part in the film, this might be more damaging. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's like, yeah who knows who knows i don't know how film works so yeah i was just gonna say i think it's also up to the actors the actresses the staff Mm -hmm. on set that when something comes up and it feels uncomfortable 
to speak up and to say, hey, mm-hmm. I've noticed this. Is there a different way that we could do this? Because this is feeling kind of icky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I was going to say, Justin, when you were talking and, you know, th- this is more on us as mental health professionals, but to the point you made of like knowledge is a privilege and not everybody has this knowledge. A thought that came to mind and, you know, this would take years and years to grow, but like, especially like big films. So I'm thinking Barbie movie just came out or I guess it came out a little bit ago, but like having mental health professionals say that was about, you know, a mental health condition talk about on like social media, on YouTube channels, like what was accurate, what was inaccurate and start conversations mm-hmm. about it. Um, I think that would be helpful in addition to like just the general education or like split. Like I'm sure we mm-hmm. could all, if we wanted to sit down and like basically do a commentary on like why these things are accurate and stigmatizing and having those conversations so people could actually see, you know, hey, this is why it was inaccurate and this is how it's harmful. But like I said, that that would take a very long time, but on a smaller scale. But not that Hollywood's going to listen to us. I'm thinking of things from all angles. Love it. So Emily from Texas asks, what do you think is generally portrayed more accurately? Mental health or neurodivergence? Is neither an option? (laughs) Neither? I mean, definitely mental health is portrayed more accurately than neurodivergence. I, I would agree. Given that mm-hmm. if I had when we had the talk about autism, we thought of all those stereotypes and then we couldn't think of any other mm-hmm. depictions of neurodivergence. No. So it's yeah. just not talked just, about. Right? Yeah. And I see neurodivergence kind of like as a spectrum and an umbrella. Like there's so many things in right. there, you know? So it's just like how do you how do you capture all of that without going extreme on one end or the other? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Cindy from Brooklyn and then Lauren from Pennsylvania asked similar questions. So, I wanted to group them together. So, Cindy says, What I would love is for you guys to send suggestions of TV shows and movies that can be helpful for my future career in social work. And then Lauren asked, Do you ever recommend movies or TV shows to clients to help them relate to their diagnosis? If so, what are your favorites? I couldn't say to relate to a diagnosis, but I always make my clients watch Inside Out. When I was running a DBT skills group for adults, made them watch Inside Out. I just felt like it was, I mean, obviously there are still some issues, you know, within there. But I felt like it just like, you know, depicts feelings in a way Mm -hmm. that, you know, personifies them. Even even I watched a clip and I didn't even realize it. Like, I, I didn't even realize it until I watched this clip where someone broke down the scene where Bing Bong loses his little little cart thing, goes over, goes over the hill, and he's sad. And Joy's like, "How about we fix this? How about we do good things? How about you feel better?" Blah blah blah. And sadness just walks over and is like, "That really sucks." And like, I just like, and, and they were talking about like parents take note, mm-hmm. like don't be joy, be sadness, like, mm-hmm. and so, um. That's one of my favorite. My favorite. I love that. I think for me, it's like 
again, I'm not really big with movies, so I kind of suck. <laughs> whole thing but um i always ask my clients like what speaks to you the most is it movies is it music is it art like what is it and then we kind of try to figure out what would be an accurate depiction for you in a moment that you're having is it Mm a book excerpt is it an art piece like what is it um and then i have the client explain to me so i kind of like let them choose but i I don't think it's a bad idea to if you have an idea of a movie or something like that especially like with inside out i think that's incredible to to suggest that to your client um, I have a lot of clients too who are really into like mindfulness and stuff like that. So we do talk about, I guess, books more than movies. But I would imagine mm-hmm. that there's movies out there that would help clients too. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is still waiting to be produced. Like maybe this is I'm sort of projecting my own dream projects out there. If I ever come into a few millions of dollars, <laughs> but I I think this is out there for somebody to make like accurate depiction of like therapy of mental health like i i I don't even think we're close yet like i think it's a lot harder to think of any movie or tv that comes close especially in following people with mental health struggles throughout their day-to-day life i think those documentaries are yet to be produced and they're coming somebody's going to do that Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really have any like recommended movies or TV shows. Honestly, my clients probably recommend more movies and TV shows mm-hmm. to me. Oh yeah, to watch. Yeah, um, than I, I do disappoint my clients so much <laughs> for them. Um, just because they're like, oh, I watch this, I relate to it, or you should watch this. Um, and for Cindy's question of like. TV shows and movies that can be helpful for my future career in social work. I feel like we've talked extensively about how there's not really good representation of therapy. I mean, I would say a million, a million little things is, and it's one of my favorite TV shows. I I feel like that overall does the best at depicting mental health and therapy, but that comes with its own issues too. Mm -hmm. It just, I think this conversation is making me and made me realize the huge Grand Canyon size chasm between like books yeah. and even podcasts I'd put on one side mm-hmm. with books and not way on the other side, like movies and TV. Because I'm yeah. far more apt to be like, oh, listen to this podcast. Listen to this one. Yep. Listen to that one. Same. Because it's real life. Yeah. It's real experts. It's It's not sensationalized. It's not... You know, sort of like made to capture some. It's talking about real things, mm-hmm. and of course, books, workbooks are designed that way. Mm-hmm. Audiobooks, mm-hmm. but it's just making me realize how big that gap is between those two. Well, mm-hmm. even just our episode last week on suicide, like it, mm-hmm. there was no sensationalism there. It was mm-hmm. pure fact and just transparent conversation, and we mm-hmm. made it a point not to sensationalize a lot of it. Because we know the realities of it. Um, no, but I do agree. Yeah. Maybe I have too much faith that maybe one of these reality shows will become more ethical. Like a hoarder's adjacent show, which will somehow just be... Because when watching some episodes, some still resonate with me. I can remember the client. I can remember the backstory. I can see the intervention. I can see them sort of improving and struggling. And But those are the only times I've ever stared at that glowing television and been like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't... Yeah. There aren't many others. 
I even think about the concept of like people who are on TikTok, like TikTok Live for like extended periods of time. You get to see so much right. about that person's life. Can you imagine a reality show or just a hoarder, like like you said, Justin, mm-hmm. a hoarder's adjacent that just had lives, like, like literally like tune in on this t- and then right. you could actually see it in real time. And then there's obvious supports there to say there's a therapist or something like that. Like, I think that that would be so incredible um, if the person consents to it, of course. And there's yeah. provisions in place, but I think that would be way better. And then my brain goes to, man, the parasocial relationships that would get formed there. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, true. So go listen to our episode on that to not have a parasocial relationship. <laughs> We're just relating back to all the old episodes. There's a lot there. We're almost at a year. So, oh my gosh, I know. Y'all, it feels good to be back together again. The I fam missed was, you guys. The fam was back. Yeah, together, guys. Yeah. Just like anybody, we all have stuff that we deal with, and sometimes we just can't mm-hmm. make it, you know, and that's okay. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, it is. We try our best. We all listen to this podcast, though. All four, or all three, three of us. us. Three of us listen to it, whether we're here or not. Four of us. <laughs> three and a half I of do, us. I do, but here, guys, I do. You I read listen it. to it. When you I do. edit, the, I don't think you Stop. guys realize when I edit these clips, I listen to you guys over and over and over and over again. She's so she's sick of us, actually. So she's like, if I have to listen to this episode if one I have goddamn to more time, K ten one more time, I'm wow. gonna just lose it. Yeah, like I'm gonna quit the podcast. <sighs> I was gonna bring up having a pumpkin muffin, but I don't want to get ridiculed enough. Donuts rule. Oh my goodness. You know what else rules? You all. We appreciate y'all being here. We always leave you with a little bit of a reflection question, something to think about. We're going to expand upon the great question that was asked in the polls because I want to know from you all. Y'all are probably going to be better than we did of give me a good example of mental health therapy because we we said what we knew. Give me a good example of mental health or therapy being represented in TV, movies, documentaries, reality TV, whatever. Because we want a bit of a list. So if you got a few, put a few down. Maybe we'll watch them. I know now I got a few in my head that I want to watch. But it'd be awesome to know. There's just so much out there. We live in this era of so much TV content. There's so much stuff that's been recommended I haven't seen, but this would be great to compile. You're all amazing for being here. Appreciate you being group members, being a part of this. We are approaching one year. We got big plans. We got big plans for our one year coming up. But thank you as always. Rate, review, subscribe. See y'all next week. Bye. Love you. Bye. Please.